0: When I was growing up, meeting people on the internet was simultaneously a social death wish and a for real life death wish. Generally things that are perceived as dangerous, such as climbing the highest in a tree, or more specific to this topic, being in the same room with strangers who apparently have trouble making friends the old fashioned way, presumably because they are insane serial killers, these dangerous things would be rewarded with high fives and a chorus of wow mans. But online meetups didn't work that way. If you meet someone IRL, an acronym which also didn't exist back then, you were thought to be deserving of your murder. After all, you were the one who willingly embraced said potential murdery situations. Things are different now. A legitimate relationship start online, which is bullshit because I recently met up with some people, and those people are not part of a once shunned internet meetup group. I met up with a group of video game programmers. The only group that back in my day, if they meet up IRL, society would collectively dismiss the strangeness of it with a casual, well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they're a bunch of nerds. And by proxy, they're a bunch of probable serial killers. Man, how times have changed. Anyway. I met up with some people who do video game development. I'll talk about it on today's episode. But that's the main topic of today's episode. I have other things to talk about. First, and first and foremost, I suppose I should probably introduce those who are new to this podcast, to to what this podcast actually is. Uh, I'm a brand new video game developer. I've been studying video game development and computer programming for specifically C Sharp for about three months-ish, I would say. Uh, taking an online course, a few online courses. And uh, this podcast is really just a way to motivate me to keep going. Um, I don't have any friends, IRL, <laughs> that's a throwback to the acronym from earlier, who care about video game development. And so I needed an outlet, a way to keep me motivated, because in the past, a lot of the things that I, I take initiative and I and I I do often, uh, you know, just dissipate because I just don't have that that outside um, encouragement, and so this podcast is a way for me to artificially create that outside encouragement. That sounds really, really, really sad. Anyway, this podcast, again, it's a way for me to stay motivated, and what I'd like to do with each episode is talk a little bit about my progress since the last episode, my progress in terms of learning uh, C-Sharp Learning Unity, which is the 3D game development engine that I am working with, and also my, prog- my progress specifically with the U- Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y.com course that I am taking, which is called, let me scroll down my notes here, that's right, I take notes, I know it doesn't sound like I do, but I do, which is called Learn to Code by Making Games, The Complete Unity Developer course by Ben Tristam and Bryce Fernandez. So you can find that on udemy.com if you would like to. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes as well. I don't get any kickback from that at all. Um, so the three of you who are listening to this, if you do decide to sign up, I will not get the seven and a half cents that you might think that I would get from that. So I start these episodes off uh, by talking a little bit about my progress, as I, as I mentioned. Um, and so what is my progress? Well, I recently finished section six of that course, the Learn to Code by Making Games with Unity course on Udemy, uh, and that's about 36% of the course so far, and yeah, that's that that implies that it's a very long course, because I've actually been through, I think I tallied it up, about 17 hours, so 36% is about 17 hours of actual coursework, not 17 hours of me doing the, the lessons, but 17 hours of actual video. Uh, coursework, which is pretty crazy. Um, there's a lot definitely going on with this course, and it's one of the more comprehensive courses, from what I understand, and obviously from what I've experienced. I've, I've taken this course, and I've taken, uh, I guess, no other, no other Unity courses. This is this is really it. A few tutorials here and there that uh, are a little uh, that, that aren't related to this course at all, but overall, it's obvious that it's a very long course. So uh, I, I so far, still recommend it. I definitely recommend you take it. And if you are taking it, let let me know in the comment section at my uh, website, CalebJRoss.com. You can just post in the comments for this particular episode, which is episode six. Uh, Yeah, it's it's, it's been great so far. I'm still very, very motivated. Still along with progress here, I've completed my Galaga clone, uh, which I've called Science Class Sucks. Um, and it's, 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 it it is very much a Galaga clone. It's a very simple game. Uh, it's, it's maybe three screens long, so it's not really a a very in-depth or long game, just a simple arcade clone of Galaga. And, uh, I, I always try to go above and beyond a little bit with these courses. I, I don't want to necessarily just stick to the tutorials. I actually want to do a little bit more and, uh, keeping in that, I did that with this, uh, with this game as well. Uh, the whole idea, or I guess the the implied narrative that I gave to this course, is that it's from the perspective of a kid who's bored in science class, and so he decides to doodle on his his notepad or his notebook, um, and that becomes this game of Galaga. So all the player ships are actually just really terrible color pencil uh, drawings. Um, the uh, the actual play space, the canvas of the play space, the background. Is a is a lined uh, uh, composition notebook paper, Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of fun. It's it's sort of the first game that I have created in this tutorial that does have that implied narrative that I mentioned earlier. Um, There's something to it, and so I do see myself slowly getting uh, more and more willing to kind of go that extra mile. Well, I don't say more willing because I'm always willing to go the extra mile, but more and more. I guess capable of realizing what that extra mile can be, even in these small instances where I'm simply just making a clone of another game. So it's definitely, a, it's definitely, a, I guess, an ego boost for lack of a better term. Um, it, it's I'm not, I don't have any uh, presumptions about this being a, a a great game by any means, but it's just it it's, it's it impresses me as someone who knows my own limitations. Let me just say it that way. So I would definitely recommend. Or I guess request that anyone out there listening go go give it a play. Um, you can find it at calebjross.com/gamedev, uh, g-a-m-e-d-e-v, all one word, and that actually takes you to um, a sort of table of contents page on my website that is about my journey with game web, with website development or with with uh, video game development. So uh, there's a lot more there than just my games. There's also a list of resources that I've used when learning this whole uh, this whole video game creation thing, and I hope you enjoy it. So what I've learned so far, uh, that's the next section in this podcast, you know, things continue to make more and more sense. Uh, I've started getting comfortable with keying code without copying and pasting from previous projects, which is a big, is a big thing for me. I'm the type of person that will copy and paste pretty much everything. I rarely type out a person's email address. I usually go to a previous email and copy and paste or something like that. I, I just very paranoid about misspelling something or not doing something correctly. So, uh, taking that uh, that step and actually starting to write the code from memory is it's a big step for me. So, um, any any of you other newbies out there listening to this you probably know what I'm talking about, where you're just very paranoid about trying to write your own code. You actually want to leverage code that's already been written. Now, eventually, I'll likely be depending on copying and pasting code just to be more efficient. You know, uh, as, as you make bigger and bigger projects, it'll just make more sense to probably go back to other projects, especially when you're dealing with larger chunks of code, copying and pasting that over to your current project. But for now though, I want to commit the code to memory and and really learn to trust my own memory uh, as well as, as the MonoDevelop auto-prompts. You, you know, those little suggestions that kind of come up when you start typing a line in MonoDevelop for anyone who, out there who's new. Uh, that's the program that Unity comes packaged with that allows you to write the code. So, you know, there's, there's other types of programs like that. Uh, Visual uh, Studio is, is a very common one. there's plenty of others but that's basically think of it as just the almost like the word document or actually the uh, word processor document that you actually type the code in and then unity is the engine that basically handles that code and and does cool interesting things with it so I I will have to learn to trust my own memory but I also have to learn to trust the mono develop prompts which I've been doing a little bit so I I feel good about that I I feel like I'm going I'm, I'm moving in the right direction and that is something that I do worry about. I mean, I have to ask myself, do I really know what I'm doing or am I really just good at hunting for code and copying and pasting from previous projects? You know, if I'm being honest with myself, I'd have to say the latter. I'm just better at finding code and copying and pasting. But then I have to remind myself that learning something like game programming will take some time. I mean, after all, I've I've only taken about 17 hours, as I mentioned earlier, of courses so far. If, If you think about that in real life terms, that would be less than you know, less than probably three or four, maybe five or so dedicated class sessions if you were to take this in a university setting or university environment. So I'm not not sure I'm willing to say this is equivalent, taking online courses equivalent to taking an in-person university course, but um, you know, it, it seems equivalent enough. So now's the point where I talk about my difficulties with learning Unity. This, one, this one's kind of hard to say because it feels almost a little personal, um, or at least personally attacking, and, and I don't like to do that, but I will have to say that, that my primary difficulty right now is it, it deals with the Unity course, the specific one that I'm taking, which again, I will mention the full name because I do think it's very, very much worthwhile, even though what I'm going to say may go against that, but uh, the course is called Learn to Code by Making Games with Unity, it's on udemy.com. My, my issue, or my difficulty, I guess I should say, is that, um, well, first of all, there's two instructors on this course. There's there's Bryce Fernandez and Ben Tristam, and they're both obviously incredibly intelligent, and they're very, very capable of, of, of teaching. However, there's one instructor, uh, Bryce, who's a little bit harder to follow than Ben. Um, he was the lead on the, that, the latest Galaga clone, the Science Class Sucks uh, game that I created, and I felt like I had a much more difficult time following along with that tutorial than I did with previous ones that were handled primarily by Ben. Um, and I, th- I felt like Bryce maybe assumed too much about the students. Um, he would often mention certain topics or certain concepts and not really dig into why they were important. Um, I felt like he had a difficult time probably uh, associating his uh, his course conversations or his, his course lectures with a new person and maybe it's because you know at this point in the course you know at this point it would have been about 30 percent or so in you should not no longer be a newbie and you should actually have a firm understanding of everything and so maybe I'm just personally not up to par when it comes to that Uh, but I felt as though he he kind of moved along a little bit too quickly and assumed too much Um, however all that being said though I, I did get through the lesson and I feel like I did learn quite a bit and as I kind of alluded to earlier I felt like this was definitely my my most original and my best game that i've made so far so you know maybe there was method to his uh perceived madness um but if ben or or bryce happen to be listening to this podcast they have much much better stuff to do with their time i'm sure but if they happen to just know that i I still very very much appreciate both of of them and how they how they go about communicating things so i actually like that there's two different styles um it's just you know Bryce was just a little bit harder for me personally to follow. The next portion is when I talk about what I need from you out there listening. Uh, this is before I get to the main topic. The main topic is still coming. Uh, I guess the only thing I need from you really is, you know, play my game. Let me know what you think. Uh, you can leave a comment on this episode blog post. Again, it's at CalebJRoss.com, episode 6. Um, or you can go to the udemy.com, U-D-E-M-Y.com thread um, and make a comment there, I will leave a direct link to the thread in the show notes. Although you may have to be a student to do that. So possibly very few people will actually uh, be able to do that. But um, if not, go ahead and leave a top, leave a comment. I would appreciate it. Now onto the main topic, meetups. They aren't just for cheating spouses and nerds anymore. Though they are definitely for, for nerds still and cheating spouses, I would assume. I've tried in the past during my fiction writing days and and for anyone new to this podcast I have a a degree in creative writing Uh, You know an extensive history. I have many books published uh, with writing fiction. So I I've I've tried to meet up a fiction writing meetup shortly after college in college I I felt I I really belonged I found people who are big into fiction writing obviously wanted to do that as a career very dedicated people when I graduated college I was scared that I was gonna lose that, that I wouldn't have that same uh, that same uh, community anymore. So one of the things I did was I took the internet, went to meetup.com, and found a local fiction writing meetup. So I showed up, and it was a terrible, terrible, terrible experience. It was primarily a, a bunch of guys, all males in this group, um, not intentionally so, but surprisingly so, uh, that talked about, I. I, if I remember correctly, it was they were talking about their own life stories that influenced their writing, so it was more of a a, a brag session that was sadly very non-enviable, so it was a bunch of guys bragging about their history and, and how that influenced their writing, but their history they were bragging about just wasn't interesting to me at all, so there's really nothing redeeming from this meetup. It was sad, it, it was just, it was painful. Um, so trying again, trying with a, trying a meetup again, especially with a topic that I didn't really know as much about, uh, game development obviously, um, was definitely very intimidating. But then what I realized after actually going to a meeting, uh, which is what this primary topic is about, is that it was perhaps because of my lack of a formal education with game development that I was more open to the possibilities of learning from this game development group. As said another way via example, during the introductions at the fiction writing meetup I mentioned that I loved magical realism and everyone thought I meant wizards and dragons, which is not what magical realism is. I simply knew too much to be open to learning from people who didn't have the same university qualifications that I did. I, I was basically just a cocky recent graduate, and maybe that was my problem. But at the time, what I wanted and what I felt I really needed was a group of people who were also cocky recent graduates, and and this particular fiction writing meetup just wasn't that, so I didn't get anything from it. But at the KC Video Game Developers Meetup, which I'll leave a link to in the show notes below, in case anyone anyone listening to this happens to be from the Kansas City area, then I would love to see you there. Um, But at the KC Video Game Developers Meetup, I I wasn't in that position. In fact, I prepared the group's organizer, a very wonderful guy named Andy, with a pre-meetup email explaining that I was very new and I was looking to be sort of a fly on the wall, you know, absorbing knowledge and, and maybe the scent of dog poop, I don't know, since that's what flies do, as the experienced developers talk shop, and Andy was open to it. So that was very nice of him, and I really do appreciate that. I also, during the course of the meetup itself, reiterated to everyone that I was in fact new I felt as though I had to be really 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 uh, forthright with that information and maybe they wouldn't have cared but at the same time I needed to almost pre-apologize for wasting their time you know what I mean Um, so but they were all very 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 nice so uh, I arrived early and it's such a potentially awkward situation and required that I get some beer in me first so I arrived at this bar where we met up had a beer before anyone showed up Um, And as the members of the group, which four in total, excluding me, so five total, including me trickled in, I found myself repeating my bio multiple times, which was kind of weird. It was a bit annoying, but it was in no way indicative uh, of the purpose of the meeting because I was really there to just listen to the experts and sniff poop, uh, of course, which that's a carryover from the fly on the wall comment from earlier in case you'd already forgotten. I I don't actually sniff poop that I, I mean. I doubt I do. Maybe some of the scents that I smell throughout the day are laced with poo, I don't know. Not So I, I don't intentionally sniff poo. Anyway, I, I was surprised, really, by how well I kept up with the conversation in the meetup, or at least how well I felt I kept up. Maybe it was because the conversation kind of steered toward game theory rather than actual programming mechanics and, and things like that. And I think it probably steered toward game theory honestly because uh, I'm better equipped to handle that considering my history with narrative writing and I'm sure maybe unintentionally it steered that way because when I spoke I I spoke about things that I was comfortable speaking about and so then they would contribute their own pieces to that conversation as well so for better or worse maybe I, I did steer the conversation toward theory a little bit which I feel bad about in hindsight. I, I would have liked to just kind of really shut up and, and be that fly on the wall and just listen to them talk about uh, programming, programming patterns, you know, programming syn- syntax, what they're working on, the actual problems they're enc- enc- encountering. So maybe I'll do that next time. Maybe will be a little bit more reserved. I think this time I was probably nervous. And when I get nervous, I talk a lot and uh, I have my own freaking podcast <laughs> that I'm the only one on it. So, obviously, I talk a lot, which means I'm always nervous about everything, I guess. It, it was really cool during this meetup to hear a bunch of different perspectives. Um, there was a mobile game developer there who uh, develops a, who developed a game called OMG Tangram. And if you're not familiar with what tangrams are, they're, they're shape puzzles. Uh, and this is a really, really cool game, actually. And I'm not just saying this because I met this person, um, but I highly recommend you download it. OMG Tangram. I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, very fun, very engaging, and I've actually been playing it um, quite a bit, and I must say I'm pretty good at tangrams, so uh, there. I wish I had an online sharing capability, because then I could show you how awesome I am, but it doesn't have that. Maybe I'll make that uh, suggestion to him next time I talk with him. Uh, There was a guy there named Richard who um, was a game designer, Um, and I say seemingly reluctant game designer, I'll say that, because uh it felt as though Andy had to pull that out of him that he was a game designer so I don't necessarily know his history enough to know why he was reluctant about that about admitting that he was a game designer Uh, but he was actually the one who was most receptive of my conversations about um about game theory so he's actually someone I can definitely see sitting at a bar having a beer with and just talking game theory for a while so he very very cool guy there and there was also a fellow noob there, um, who had one semester of coding experience in college, also did some um, chiptune, like, you know, eight, 16-bit kind of music, um, as well as, as a hobby of his, which is very, very cool. If I ever get to a point when I'm making my own full games and I needed uh, need a resource for that, uh, he seems like he'd be someone that I could reach out to. So um in summary it was a great experience and i highly recommend all of you out there who's who are listening and are also new to coding and new to uh, unity look in your neighborhood and just see if there's people or not in your neighborhood look in your city a couple cities over if you have to and see if there are any meetups for game development um, i would recommend that you do reach out to the people beforehand just to make sure it's okay that noobs are there um, in this case again my uh, my situation they were totally cool with it which is awesome But I I do feel it would make sense to reach out just to be on the safe side, to make sure they're okay with you being there. And if they're not okay with you being there, then maybe follow up and say, well, what if I promise to just shut up and be silent and just listen? Maybe they will be a little bit more receptive. Although that would probably be kind of creepy um, for you just to be there and not talk, especially for people who didn't know that you had previously emailed the organizer with that request because they have no context for you being a creep. So anyway, thanks to, uh, if if you guys happen to be listening, uh, Richard, uh, Nathan, Joel, and Andy uh, for uh, entertaining me for that night. And I hope I got all of your names right. And if I didn't, fuck you, because I met you once. <laughs> uh, that was jerk-ish of me. Uh, now on to the learning tips portion. Of this podcast, where I talk about all of the resources that I have absorbed over the past however long it's been since the last episode. God, it's all, I think it's been like two months since the last episode. Actually, I want to talk primarily about the learning tips, uh, about, the, about the resources that I have found that have been truly helpful. I think there are a lot of resources out there, resource uh, uh, curating websites and, and podcasts out there that will just throw a bunch of resources at you and be like, "These are all great," but. I think it's really important that I talk to you about ones that I've personally actually found great benefit in. So I'm going to mention a couple here, but know that I've actually, uh, <laughs> I've been through a lot more resources than these. These are just a couple of them that have actually proven to be really helpful for me. The first one is a podcast that I discovered called the debug log. So thedebuglog.com. Uh This one has been around for about a year almost. So I don't know how I missed it in the past because uh, I would literally type like Unity Podcast, and that's basically how they describe themselves on their website. So, you suck, Google, for not delivering that result to me earlier. Uh, it's a group of guys, all coworkers, I believe, who uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, who do professional game development, and it's kind of a roundtable discussion on various game development topics. Um, one of their most recent episodes talks about game design documents and just what they are and how helpful they are, uh, but they talked a lot about other things in the past, and it's really cool. You feel like you're just kind of there listening to a bunch of guys talk about talk shop. It's almost like if you can't get to a meetup, if you don't have a meetup in your in your area or in your neighborhood, this would be a good second best kind of thing. They do, at least for the game development or the game design document episode, they go off on a few tangents that aren't necessarily helpful and, and there's not a lot of structure to it, which is by design, but at the same time, it would be nice if there was a little bit more structure. As it gets to trying to articulate things that are just traditionally hard to articulate, like what a game design document really is. I don't feel like they really ever nailed it. They just kind of talked around it. But that's by no means to say that it's not worth listening to even what they have to talk around. I mean, even when they were talking around things, it was it gave me some insight into how complex even seemingly rudimentary concepts are, rudimentary concepts like a game de- design document. You would, you would feel that would be a very standard thing, okay? If you're a video game developer, you have a document that talks about the design of your video game and it's a document you share with other people in your team and well, that's it, on to the next thing. But really it's it's much more complicated than that. And, and I found that some people don't even use game design documents and some people don't like to use them. I've, I've used them in the past with a couple of my projects, but I've, I've done it only because I like archiving things and I like documenting things. But if I have to be honest with myself, they weren't helpful. I never really looked at them during the actual development of the webs, uh, of the of uh, the, the games. And that might be because I'm just one person And if you had multiple multiple people on a team, then of course you might need more people to um, to you you might need to be able to share information with multiple people in a way that a game design document could do well. So, a very good podcast. I'm I'm really really glad that I happened upon it. Um, The other resource I want to share with you guys is called it's it's a YouTube channel. It's the PBS channel, and they have a series called PBS Game Design or I'm sorry it's just PBS games or the game show that's what it's called I'm sorry the game show but they have a specific playlist or specific series within that series called game design 101 and that's specifically what I want to reference here Um, the entire game show series is awesome but specifically when it comes to actual game development and learning game development the game design 101 series is just truly phenomenal it's a series that's specifically geared toward people in my position, people who are trying to understand game design and, and just have a, have a nerdy obsession with it. Uh, one of the episodes used Super Mario Brothers as a vehicle to discuss the importance of verbs in game mechanic. In Super Mario's case, jump. Jump was the verb, right? I won't try to do it justice by talking about it here, but it, it was just, it did a really great job of articulating how games are products of of action and and action is a core element to the game so it makes sense that a verb would be a core element and how can you take a single verb like jump for example and make that mean so many different things within a single game and have that do so many things different things within a single game anyway i highly recommend it you can go to my uh, calebjross.com gamedev link and follow a few other links there to get to the game development roadmap. And that'll actually specifically highlight some of the videos within that series that, that I feel are really good. And of course, this one about verbs is definitely in that list. So I highly recommend you check that out. All right. I think that's really it for this uh, this episode. I hope it was enjoyable to listen to. I hope if you were driving while listening to this podcast, it didn't put you to sleep and that you're now not in a coma. And if you are and you can hear this, then you're not really in a coma Stop lying to your loved ones. They're very worried. Uh, please leave feedback uh, about this episode uh, or any episode or, or just feedback about just are you in the same position? Are you learning Unity and learning uh, uh, computer programming and computer coding and you don't really have anyone else to communicate to about that? Definitely leave uh, comments about that. We can commiserate together. You can leave comments at CalebJRoss.com. That's C-A-L-E-B-J-R-O-S-S.com. Uh, you can find this episode's post there and just leave uh, leave a comment. Uh, you can also follow me and res- and communicate with me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter account is at Caleb J Ross. Same thing as my as my uh, website URL. You can also post comments on Facebook if you want to. Heck, I still use Facebook. I'm I'm old, so of course I still use Facebook. That's uh, Facebook.com/slash Ross Caleb. So I <laughs> I was gonna say so like Caleb J Ross minus the J and also reversed but that just sounds stupid, Ross Caleb. Also, it would be really awesome if you could review this podcast on iTunes. Uh, If you could review it on, I guess iTunes is the only place it's on right now. It should be on the Google Play Store soon, as soon as Google rolls out its podcast capabilities, which are supposed to be within the next couple weeks, I hear. So, uh, but for now, yeah, review it on iTunes. That would be really, really, really helpful. Um, I would very much appreciate that. Uh, And until next time, um keep learning video game stuff i guess